I've been kind of enjoying all the Tom Brady jokes this week. Gene Schmidt, you got the week started right with your jokes. Yes, he is the greatest of all time at quarterback. For now, give Mahomes 20 years. Now, just in a few hours, the Chiefs will take the field with the goal to crush the Buccaneers. Now, in a way, I'm relieved. Because if the Chiefs had to play the Packers, well, Tom Brady made sure that didn't happen. We identify with labels, with uniforms. And putting on a uniform is a potent experience. That uniform transcends the differences you, that you have with people on your team. Because you become part of something bigger than yourself. When you put on a uniform, you choose a side. On this Super Bowl Sunday, hear this scripture reading from the life of Jesus. After Jesus had finished presenting all of his words among the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion who had a servant who was very important to him, but the servant was ill and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to Jesus to ask him to come and heal his servant. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm tossing the red challenge flag on that one. A centurion? A centurion was a uniformed officer of the occupying Roman army. Jesus would be nailed to a cross by soldiers under the orders of a Roman centurion. Soldiers who would strip and whip and mock him. Soldiers who would gamble as he hung dying on a cross right beside them on who would get his clothes. This was the army which leveled Jerusalem, leveled it 10 years before the Gospel of Luke, which we just heard was written. The centurion is the enemy. He chose the wrong team, the wrong side. And he wants a favor from Jesus. When the Jewish elders came to Jesus, they earnestly pleaded with Jesus. He deserves to have you do this for him, they said. He loves our people, and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them. He had almost reached the house when the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't be bothered. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. In fact, I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. I'm also a man appointed under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and the servant does it. When Jesus heard these words, he was impressed with the centurion. He turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you, even in Israel, I haven't found faith like this. When the centurion's friends returned to his house, they found the servant restored to health. 
Huh. It's true. We do choose sides. Three years ago, hundreds of white nationalists gathered in Charlottesville, North Carolina to protest the removal of a statue of a Confederate general. They clashed with counter-protesters, resulting in dozens of casualties and one death as a car plowed into a crowd. The sides were clear. On one side stood proudly the Ku Klux Klan under the Confederate flag. My team stood in opposition, standing against the evil of racism symbolized by the white hoods and Confederate flags. We choose sides. There are moments when our moral perspectives are so far apart that to stay in relationship with someone on the other side hurts. It feels unhealthy. And I've watched as people I care about as they pull away from their parents or from even from their kids. People who have known each other for decades, unfriending each other, or daring others to unfriend them over the sides we have chosen. I get it. There are evils that must be opposed. Jesus' very being stood against the Roman emperor. The titles, the titles of Son of God, Savior, these titles were in direct opposition. You think about the sign that was on Jesus' cross, King of the Jews, was literally a sign of this opposition. It asks, which kingdom do you serve? The centurion was an officer on the other side's army. He was Roman. He was on the side that would crucify Jesus and destroy Jerusalem. And yet, Jesus healed his servant, served him. And that more than that, Jesus goes on to praise his faithfulness. What do you do with that? How do I integrate that into the, the world that we're living in? Derek Black is the son of a KKK grand wizard. Actually, it was the guy who popularized the phrase white nationalism. Derek is the godson of David Duke. He himself, he was a young adult leader of white nationalist college group. He was raised to be the next generation of Klan leadership. Today, Derek's life is devoted to rising up out of the hate that once dominated his life. And I've listened to many interviews with him. His conversion, it validates the, the values of inclusivity, mercy, compassion, and nonviolence, 
all of which are core values expressed in Jesus. But what has most interested me is the story about how he changed. How? What what process does a person go through from breathing threats and murder to advocating for anti-racism? How does a person change teams? And the truth is, for Derek, it didn't happen all at once. Not at all. It took years. It took Jews, African Americans, those he hated, reaching out to him and inviting him into their homes. There is every reason not to invite the enemy into your home. There is every reason to turn down the centurion's request. There is every reason to not waste your time on someone who is so clearly out of his righteous mind, sick, hopeless. How about you? Have you experienced unfriending others whose views are just too much? For your own sense of well-being, you just feel like sometimes you need to cut things off. I get it. This isn't easy. Jesus, Jesus teaches people to literally go the extra mile with the Roman soldier to see beyond the uniform, beyond the labels. Derek Black changed because there were people who were willing to do what there was every reason not to do to fight against everything he stood for, but still be willing to break bread with him. This isn't easy. Oh dear God, this isn't. Jesus saw the centurion's uniform. He knew which kingdom that man pledged to serve. But beyond the uniform, there is an inherent worth, a dignity in everyone. Today, we celebrate the sacrament of communion. To me, there is a deep meaning to this holy meal. A meaning that pushes us to see beyond the labels, the uniform. Even our deepest convictions to honor the inherent worth, the dignity of all people. It's the reason that Judas was just as welcome at the communion table as Peter and John. It's the very reason that the centurion was praised for his faith. Yes, there are different teams, and we choose to back them fervently. Do that, and and even have some fun with that today. I, I know I will. But never so much that we lose sight of the deeper meaning that goes beyond the uniform. We pray with me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. God of the centurion, God of Jesus. 
God of the atheist, God of the most devout saint. God of Tom Brady. God of Patrick Mahomes. You are one. This is your world, your creation. So do your work to transform this world and start with me. Help me to know the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus. And help us all to practice your love and acceptance, to love people as we find them or as they may become. Amen.